You're listening to Classic Movies Live on Heatwave Radio, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies usually that just came out. But today, uh, we have another movie that, depending on who you ask, either came out last year, the year before, or in 2017. Today, we are talking about Velocipaster, which you can watch on Amazon Prime right now for free if you have Amazon Prime. And um, yeah, this is a movie about... it's. Pretty straightforward. It's a movie about a priest that turns into a dinosaur and fights ninjas, as one does. Uh, this movie has very little music. Uh, I don't think they have a... Oh, no, they do have... They do have composers for this movie. So there is music we could use for this, but instead, here is a dinosaur sound from Jurassic Park. <laughs> You're listening to Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that are true classics. And today we're talking about a movie that, depending on who you ask, came out three times, so you know it's good. Uh, today's movie is a 2017 movie directed by Brendan Spear, and anyone who knows that name already knows what movie we're talking about because he only made one. Uh, this movie debuted on August 31st, 2018, uh, despite it being a 2017 movie, and finally came out in theaters around the same time in 2019. So depending on who you ask, it is from three different years, which, you know, that can only mean one thing. And that thing is that it's really good. Right, Pierre? Hell yeah. I like uh, you want to You want to tell us that movie? Because I don't think I actually said the name. <laughs> Well, I've, from what I can tell, it's either The Godfather or Velocipaster. Which and I think clearly it's the better of the two. Of course. Yeah. In this case, Velocipaster. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's a movie about essentially a, a priest, right? A, a Catholic priest in a small town who's... Is it a priest? Is he a priest? Or father? I, believe... I, I don't know how it works. I believe he is a priest. He kind of seems Catholic, but they never specifically say what denomination he belongs to. Just that everything he does is suspiciously Catholic. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, he is a Catholic person. And he... Uh, well, he's, he is a priest. He is a priest who gets uh, special powers from this Chinese person and essentially becomes the philosopher pastor who he's kind of like a character like the hulk wherever whenever he gets mad he turns into a monster but uh in this case he specifically turns into a a velociraptor kind of just a dinosaur yeah except like it doesn't re the, the few times you actually see it he doesn't really look like a velociraptor he just looks like a dude in like <laughs> one of those dinosaur suits yeah but not the mat not the mass made like, not the mass-manufactured ones that actually look good. It's like someone clearly built this in his basement. Yeah. It's a very low-budget suit. It was. This movie uh, was made for $35,000, I learned recently. That is um, a pretty low budget. And actually, like, it uses that money very good, very well. Yeah, it did. Honestly, like, I was actually surprised how decent it looked. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I think the, the biggest uh, problems or problems with the budget that showed were just the locations. I think, I mean, it was kind of part of the, the charm, but, but essentially this movie is the type of movie that's looking to um, make up for its low budget through comedy, through using, using the, the low budget to make comedic moments, essentially. Yeah. And I want to stress that, like, this movie, it's, it's, it's probably super easy to rag on this movie for being really bad because it is a typical bad movie. Yeah. But as those movies go, it's actually really good. Yeah. Like, unironically, it's um, this movie, like, it, it, it hits that balance of not taking itself seriously enough and taking itself just as seriously as it needs to really mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I remember, yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, I think the biggest part that plays the role the biggest role that plays in this movie is just how much i think the director very obviously put a lot of thought and heart into this movie you can usually tell mm -hmm. with, and uh, uh i think despite despite not having like obviously a huge budget i think that definitely helps it a lot um, yeah like uh in in some movies where it's a you know a low budget and the movie isn't very good you see like bad effects and the reason they did that is because the director had some vision and he thought that this was the way to get to the vision with this, you know, with this movie, like you'll see bad effects. And the reason they did those effects is because the director thought about all the options that were available to him and picked the one that he thought fit the movie best. Mm -hmm. Which is really like, I, that actually takes a lot of skill in my opinion mm -hmm. to know when to cut. Cause I think, and I honestly, I think this movie falls for it. Like, because this isn't, it's I, it's it's a very it's actually kind of an interesting movie because you have movies like, like the room right, which are really famous mm -hmm. because, that that was really famous because the director was trying really hard to make a good movie and he just, didn't doesn't understand, movies if that makes sense and then it turned yeah. out, in a so bad it's good way right but this direct, right. there's a lot of I think there's a lot of people that do try for the style of, um so bad it's good but you know, they're at, like, they actually understand movies, so, like, um, they can kind of use that, that, um, they, they use that technique in a cliche way, actually, mm -hmm. of just taking stuff out just because they think it'd be funny, and, it, and it's just easier to do, right? Um, yeah, and I think um, the example that I'm specifically thinking of whenever I, when I've been talking about this, and probably one that's on your mind as well, very early on into the movie, and this isn't really a spoiler, very early on into the movie, his, uh, the, the priest's parents die. Yeah. And they die in a car accident that I'm not entirely sure what happens, but the car explodes. Yeah. And uh, instead of showing a car exploding, because that would inflate their budget quite a bit, they just show this, uh, a scene of the street with a... Um, with text over it that says VFX car on fire. Yeah, and, I, and I really they like show that. that for, and they show that for long enough that you know that that's not a mistake, that that's just what's happening now. And they show it, they they play it very seriously, like the the character is really grieving as if he's watching his parents burn up, but it's complete silence. There's no car there. It's the comedic timing on it is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I did like that, um, especially because that was at the. I think that really set the tone of the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the the lack of explosion on the particular because they could have killed them 
the parents in a much less graphic way. They just did that because they, that's why that's, it's stuff like that, that I liked where they, they took that creative risk, even though they could have done it very easily in another way. Um, well, I actually thought that was yeah, pretty that, interesting. That's exactly what I was talking about with, he looked at all of the options that were available for him and picked the one that fit the movie, because what were the options available to him? He could spend a lot of money to blow up a car. He yeah. could do that VFX thing that he did. He could kill the parents in a much less graphic way, like you said, but he can show it. He could kill the parents in a more graphic way and show it and like up the blood and guts and stuff. But the yeah. only one that fits the, the one that fits the movie best is to just not spend any money and put a title card over it. And that sets the tone and lets you know exactly what you're gonna, what you're in for, for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it worked well. I, I do think, uh... The director, as the movie went on, I think it definitely sometimes went a little overboard. Like, you got a little too comfortable with the the bad gags. Because I think a movie like this, um, it, it can actually be, like, really solid. Because like, you have the humorous moments, right? But as long as you mm -hmm. have, like, solid characters under that stuff, then, like, it can actually be, like, a very um, reputable movie in that sense. Because... In the mm -hmm. end, a movie a movie is made from the plot and character investment and stuff. Um, and the movie, mm -hmm. I, I think he did a decent job with it, with the characters. If I'm gonna be like quite honest, I was surprised. Like there were, um, I feel like when you're making a movie like this, it's very easy to just give a cliche plot in a way of like, oh, this will be the rest of the movie is funny, so I just need to have give it like a basic line and people won't care about the plot um yeah. but like honestly like it wasn't amazing obviously but like i didn't really know where it was going i thought that no was i would say good. this movie the, the plot of this movie isn't anything that i guess i've never seen before it's a guy uh a pastor i guess decides to uh, i guess i'll recap the plot here real quick just so we can get that out of the way a pastor goes to china to um, try and get over the death of his parents and uh, he's given advice by the other pastor in his, uh, in his church that he should go where he thinks God won't follow and if he finds God then he should remain a pastor. Yeah. So he, uh, he goes to China and while he's in China he gets, uh, he gets scratched by this uh, ancient velociraptor claw and that yeah. turns him into the velocipastor and then when he comes back he, uh, because he's now half Velociraptor, he uh, teams up with a local woman of the night to fight ninjas. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And like, that's, that's really all you need to know. But anyway, this movie, this movie does have a couple of really interesting twists and turns in it. But in general, it's really not that much that you haven't seen before. It just has a lot of heart for that, like a surprising amount. Everyone is very invested in making this movie work and making the director's vision work specifically. Yeah. Um, and then mm, I, I do want to say, like, there were a couple things where, like, I think he gets, he does get too carried away in some senses. Mm -hmm. um, with the, there were lots of uh, kind of cringy, evil laugh moments oh um, yeah yeah that i think that's kind of a that's kind of a tired trope that, that i've noticed like i i've seen it i don't like i don't know i've seen it in austin powers that's 
a lot, I guess. That's what I'm going off. But okay. yeah, well, I mean, Austin Powers was like 20 years ago. So if that, if it's, even if it started with Austin Powers, it's now tired. And by Austin Powers, they were making fun of it. Yeah. So stuff. And then not only that, but they made fun of it, like, I think multiple times from what I can tell. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, like, I think, I think the biggest thing was like, they're just having fun with it. You could tell, definitely tell the movie makers were just honestly kind of messing around, you know, and seeing what stuck and what didn't. Yeah, um, I think if you look on YouTube, it's not super easy to find, but it's not really hidden either. There yeah. is, there are a few uh, just sort of compiled Instagram stories of the making of this movie. There's no documentary or a real making of or anything. But the director did post some Instagram stories while he was making this movie and yeah. various members of the cast did as well. And someone cut them all together. And um, you can just tell through those that all the behind the scenes stuff is just them goofing off, having fun. Yeah. So this is every, everyone, everyone on, uh, you can tell that everyone's having fun and that everyone's like really into this movie, which yeah. is that's important like that doesn't necessarily make a movie but if you can tell that people aren't enjoying the thing they're making that does make the movie worse and if you can tell they are making enjoying it well that usually helps yeah it actually does affect it a lot i find um Mm -hmm. i'm just not sure like i can't think of any movies off the top of my head where that Uh, was like a huge issue cop out oh okay wait i haven't i don't know if yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. I don't know how many people have seen Cop Out, but Cop Out was a Kevin Smith uh, buddy cop movie yeah. that starred Bruce Willis. Yeah. And Bruce Willis does not want to be there. Yeah. He's going out of his way to be in as little of that movie as possible, but he's the lead actor. Oh, so, okay. like, that movie's not super great. And even if Bruce Willis was actually pretending to care, it probably wouldn't be that much better. Mm -hmm. But, well, I mean, it would be a lot better, actually. But it wouldn't be that great anyway, maybe. But it's brought down a lot by the fact that Bruce Willis just clearly hates everything he's in, in Mm. in that movie. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't tell. Like, even, like, the... I thought the older actors would probably, like, act really, like, like, this is stupid. But honestly, they took it very seriously. And from what I Well, I think also it might... I don't know if this helps or anything, but it should maybe be said that uh, in this movie, I mean, obviously I didn't recognize anyone in this movie, but I would imagine that probably these are all, even the older actors are probably people who are just either just starting out or aren't really professional film actors by any means. And like, that's not to say they don't do their job well, but also, you know, they're probably there because they're stoked to be there. Like this is maybe yeah. their fir- this for a lot of them it's probably their first acting gig even wonder, some of the older ones I'm sure. Do you know if like it was like a lot of them were like the director's friends and stuff? Is that how it works? I I don't know. I would yeah. assume that probably the director did know quite a few of them because this is his first movie and like you want to make anything you're gonna reach oh. out to your friends first. Yeah, yeah, because it was definitely like. I think everyone that was worked on the movie like lived where they shot it, um, and everything, and it just felt like a small town vibe. So, uh, yeah. I like that. Um, well, there are actually two notable names in this movie. I'm seeing because I'm on the Wikipedia page right now, and two of them have their own Wikipedia articles. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy named Voltaire 
who is sort of an underground goth singer. Uh, he played the he played the bad priest, like not bad like evil, but like the there's a priest later on that like does prophecies and exorcisms and stuff, and that's Voltaire, who's this underground goth uh, singer. And then there's a guy named Yang Jiacheng, who is a Chinese contemporary artist. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about him, but he is. He has his own Wikipedia page. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, so, you, but mostly like people that pretty small, small time. Uh, yeah, mostly all people them, that. All of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe they are you know well known in the local underground theater scene, but that's yeah. that's probably even stretching it for most of them. Yeah. What did you think of the? Because uh, um, I there there were a couple times I. I they were, I'm not sure how to feel about them. Like, the movie just completely cuts away to, like, these random backs, like, the random backstory with the, the father, um, or not the father, but, like, the Catholic, the older Catholic priest who was, like, kind of the mentor figure. Um, oh, yeah. They do a complete, like, I wasn't, uh, it, it was kind of like a backstory for him, but his wife dies, essentially. He was in the no, it's his, it's his buddy in Nam. Wait, what? It, they cut away to him in Nam, where his buddy yeah. dies. No, it was his wife. No, it's his friend. Oh, and then, remember, his wife comes out of nowhere? That was hilarious, by the way. But Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I think... I thought that was really, like... I've never really seen that before, but I, I couldn't tell if I liked that or not. Because it actually took, like... That wasn't just, like, a fun little scene. It was, like, five solid minutes of cutting away. Oh! Yeah, because so they cut away, and I was under the impression that that was to explain why he knew the exorcism priest. Yeah. Except that it didn't, because he wasn't in there at all. So I guess in that respect, I'm not sure how I felt about it, because it was ultimately fairly useless for the story. Mm -hmm. But it was really funny and well executed, and it gave that character like a little more reason to be around, because it was just the same actor, but they put a blonde wig on him to make him young. (laughs) Like old, yeah, younger. They weren't shy. Um, it was like, stuff like that that I really liked, but then like, I just wish it, it felt like the director wasn't trying. Like he was just like, "Lol, this would be kind of funny, right?" But they actually could have tied it. It could have been funny, and then also, but tied in as well a lot neater. You know, like you said, like yeah. he had a bigger role going into the movie. Um, because mm-hmm. honestly, I think it was it was actually too long. Long. If I had to make one complaint, uh, I think it was a and little that's, really long. And that's a pretty notable complaint, considering this movie is 70 minutes. Yeah. Well, it's just like, like the gags are funny, but if you keep doing it for too long, it definitely like starts to wear the audience out. That's why comedies usually are relatively short, I find. Yeah, I would um, say I would say that like probably halfway through this movie, I mean, the the actual plot doesn't resolve until the last minute of the movie. However, yeah. about halfway through this movie, you kind of know where everything is and where it's going. Kind of. So, yeah. at so at that point, you could probably there you could probably skip most of the rest of the next half of the movie and still and you know, just come in right before the ending and you haven't really missed that much plot-wise. Yeah. 
Um, so it would be nice to, if, if a lot more of that tied in, because I don't think the exorcism priest ties in very much at all. He's just he a doesn't. cool cameo and he doesn't really do very much. He just kind of shows he's there to like, kind of give some like motivation for the guy to like kill the, he didn't even kill him actually. The father, I, I don't know how to, no, I think. Character, but. I think he's mostly, yeah, I think that the the exorcism priest is mostly just there to reveal to the mentor character, to like give them an excuse where the younger priest, the velocipastor, has to reveal the fact that he's part velociraptor to his mentor. Yeah, that doesn't really lead anywhere anyways, right? Yeah, and as much as I liked all the scenes around that, that whole entire sequence, which includes the backstory of the mentor character, it's probably 15 minutes, and it doesn't add anything. Yeah. It's really funny, but it doesn't add anything beyond it's that. Funny. That's So, yeah, I, I, it, it was a really... It had some really cool ideas. It's just, I think... It was just missing a, a slight... Some slight... Um, adjustments that like because I, I think the, the movie the director knew what he was doing right uh, but i think yeah. he got a little too carried away with like lol this is funny i mean it worked out like, it's hard for me to say that because like the movie he he did he embraced the corniness and it like really worked out because like what it was made for like what 30 grand and now it's on like amazon prime and we're we watched it mm-hmm. you know, like well, it's on Amazon Prime. I, they might be making merch, and, like, everyone on YouTube has already talked about it. Yeah, so, like... We're, like, some of the last people to get to this movie. See it, yeah. But there's just... I, I do really wish that he took some, like, some of the more basic movie-making ideas and, like, really solidified that stuff before, like, adding oh, a lot of stupid stuff, you know? Hold on. Uh, the mentor character is played by Daniel Steer. Now, Daniel Steer doesn't have a uh, Wikipedia page, but Daniel Steer is a name which is very close to Brendan Steer. I think that's the director's dad. Oh, oh, shit, that's cool. <laughs> I love that. Though. That is really cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I and think... that would also explain, like, not to throw shade on the dude. He was one of the worst actors in that movie. <laughs> not worst, but, like, one of the worst ones. I thought, I thought it would work, though. I don't know why. I don't think anyone no, actually... He was was like great i think the best actor was actually probably like the guy who was the guy in the like the underground priest again i forget his name um voltaire yeah yeah i thought he was actually kind of good he even yeah he was just chewing the scenery um yeah but like everyone was very appropriate for their roles like uh even the mentor priest like i say he wasn't a very good actor but he delivered all of his lines basically perfectly for what yeah, that worked, character needed to be. It definitely worked out. Um, he was honestly, like, probably my favorite character, actually. If I had you know, to like, give you one. I actually might have to say that, too. Yeah, he, there, was, there was a little... I, I love the, the hammy, the hammy um, the, just the vibe he, he gave. Because you could tell, like, I think with some actors, it's kind of like with The Room, um, I, I kind of like that as an example because, like, there's some 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 badness you can't replicate. If that makes sense, it sounds stupid, but yeah. it's almost like a talent in of itself. Because I felt like the the two main characters, the 
the night, <laughs> the, the local night walker, as you call her, and uh, uh, <laughs> who's the uh, and, and the Velocipaster, obviously. Like they were intense. Yeah. I don't think they were great actors, but also they were intentionally trying to be bad. I could, I got that vibe at least. Um, whereas with him, it was just genuine <laughs> bad acting. And it felt, it actually mm-hmm. just felt like more genuine to, to the movie and to his character. Um, yeah, because definitely there were a lot of points where I saw uh, the Velocipaster just sort of hamming it up extra, even yeah. though he definitely didn't need to. He knew what he was doing. Whereas like with the priest, it was like, he was trying to do. He was like, oh, I, I want to. Well, I want to do good for this movie, but he just can't. You know, he can't act. And that. Yeah. That's totally early fine. on. Early on, when the guy's parents die, he just like sits next to him on the pew, and he's like, "Parents do that sometimes. Get over it." <laughs> I love that. And like, as, yeah, and as stupid as it sounds, there's only some, only, there's only some actors that are bad enough to say a line like, "Thingly," you know. <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking if we if we compare like if we take the example of the disaster artist Mm -hmm. you know tommy wiseau is not that good an actor like he thinks he is and you can tell that he thinks he is and he acts the hell out of whatever he does but he's not that great james franco imitating tommy wiseau is probably as close as you can get but it's it's not the same it's not the same because yeah you can't you can't replicate that Mm-hmm. And he was genuine. Yeah, he was genuinely trying. You know, because there's like you you do feel the the passion behind it, even if it's a bad movie. You know, yeah. Like, like I do, I did feel like Tommy was though was genuinely trying his best in the room, and he really cared about the movie. Yeah, um, when I see the room, I see a movie that's made by a guy who is incredibly passionate about what he's making. Yeah, and I see that here as well, but in a different way. Yeah, well, that might be part of like. Because I personally am a very big fan of like deadpan humor, um, mm-hmm. and like looking at. Have you ever seen Airplane? I uh, once Leslie. when I was very small. Oh, I see. Well, like they hired. Um, it, it's deadpan humor, and what they did is as basically one of the stars is they hired a a, a more a more senior actor, uh, Leslie Nielsen, who has all his life been dedicated to roles that were very drama heavy right and yeah that was his first comedy movie wasn't it yeah and after that he became a huge like deadpan comedy star but the reason it works Mm -hmm. so well is because he he because like he acts in a way that it's not supposed to be funny you know and that's what makes it funnier is the kind of the contrast of like the line compared to the actor's expression um, yeah, his character is written to be completely ridiculous, but he's taking himself very seriously. Yeah, and I think take like taking yourself seriously is actually like a huge, uh, like in a comedy that's actually really important uh, mm-hmm. for for the movie, especially in a movie like this. Honestly, like despite how stupid it is, if everyone embraces the stupidity too much, it actually just kind of folds in on itself as like completely ridiculous, right? Um, Well, yeah, because if you show me something, like if I see a movie where everyone thinks it's stupid and they know that they're in something that's stupid and they want you to know that they're in something that's stupid, then I think this is stupid. Why would I watch this? Yeah, exactly. But in this movie, I was genuinely intrigued the entire way, even though it was very silly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, again, I think they, they really straddled the line there. I think they're... 
there are times where it could have done better. But um, yeah, overall, like it's a really enjoyable movie. But I think obviously, like just the concept itself is hilarious, um, and it's, it's honestly kind of hard to beat. Um, I was surprised as it honestly feels like kind of ballsy for a for a smaller movie. I guess it's only possible for a smaller movie, but like you definitely would wouldn't be able to see a movie like this on the in like Hollywood, you know, because it's very I could see a lot of people being offended by some of the themes in it. Uh so yeah, it does take advantage of that the aspect of mm-hmm. it as well of being a smaller movie, which is nice, you know. Um Yeah, it yeah, it just fully embraced what it was, which I guess I've said like a million times now, but it's true. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's kind of the winning point. There's not really much else to say about it. There, are, there is some like kind of odd plot twists. Do we care? Like, do you guys want it? Like, do you have like the? Do we care about spoilers at all? No, I think like at this point we have basically said everything we can about this movie without talking about spoilers. So if okay. if people care at this point, then drop out here. But this is spoilers now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like there was a couple things at the end with the. I guess the main villain was, he was a, a priest or it was a religious man. I don't know if he was a priest. Uh, that was basically selling drugs to get people addicted, and then. He would take them away from, stop selling them, so that people would turn to turn to the church for help. Uh, Which was such a weird plan. I don't fully understand it even now. It's but... kind of funny. Like I think it fits the vibe. <laughs> it was definitely kind yeah. of tacked on, though. I found, um, like, it kind of added. It kind of added to the 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 because they don't really focus on it until like the third act, right? Hmm. Um, it's completely, and then there was the one, the sidekick to the main villain is actually the lost pastor's brother, like long lost brother, I think. That was kind of weird. Yeah, which, but I love that plot twist because they reveal that he's his brother, and then they show all the flashbacks they've already shown, which are yeah. of the Velocipaster, like in the past, uh, hanging out with his parents, and his parents are like, man. You're our favorite and only son. And then in the, new, in the new flashbacks, they'll show the exact same scene and then pan the camera over to this guy that they've just introduced is his brother. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, that was, I love, I think they were referenced. I want to say they were referencing Spider-Man in that scene. Was Maybe. Because I noticed the, they do that in Spider-Man 2 where he's talking oh! to Uncle Ben in the car and it's like completely light outside. Like they're in heaven. Yes. In heaven. Yeah, that was that was definitely a Spider-Man reference because there's yeah. a thing where they're, yeah, because his uncle or his dad drives him to priest college and he's like, all right, Doug, it's time to drop you off at priest college, but we'll be waiting for you when you get back because you are our favorite son. And then they show the back of the car and his mom and his brother are both there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I wasn't sure if that was a movie trope or that was like they were making fun of or that was specifically Spider-Man they were. It could be a movie trope. I also immediately thought Spider-Man. Okay, cool. So it wasn't just me. Um, So yeah, I I liked stuff like that too. That was cute. But yeah, like I thought I really wish like I guess part of the comedy was like it had nothing to do with the plot until then. But it would have been kind of nice if it had more relevance because doesn't he just like 
doesn't he just get beat up and then like they never mention the brother thing again which that's kind of funny yeah pretty much Um, honestly i think that like the only i would say the biggest missed opportunity in this movie is just bringing it bringing stewart in more stewart is the mentor priest yeah Um, that's fair because he's there he has a backstory he's he's a fully developed character and that backstory doesn't mean anything yeah we've already talked about that backstory but i think that's the biggest missed opportunity here I definitely. I thought he would be the villain. I thought that would have been more interesting. Um, that could have well, especially because, especially since the villain's plan was, for some reason, to sell heroin to people and then get them to turn to the church by through that. Yeah. Which is weird, but like, okay, it would be a little more interesting if that was a guy that was like very obviously related to the church, or if that person worked for a guy who was obviously in the church, right? Yeah, yeah, and if they established him early, I, I don't know. I think they they just really wanted an Asian dude so they could like play with ninjas and they stuff. Want... Yeah, um, they needed to justify ninjas from China somehow. Yeah, so I I thought that was that was kind of cute. Um, I like I like the idea of like ninjas are kind of like a silly villain to face. Um, yeah, especially for a well, specifically especially... velocipaster. Yeah, it's like, what do dinosaurs have to do with ninjas? Well, wouldn't it be cool if they were in the same movie? Yeah, it's it's kind of like if a four-year-old was making movies, like, I want to see ninjas versus dinosaurs, you know? Um, I think that if this had been given a way bigger budget and animated, it would mm-hmm. basically have just been an episode of Axe Cop. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. What the oh, it's uh, Axe Cop is a comic and also an Adult Swim show. Oh. That uh, it's drawn like the the comic. The original comic is drawn by I think a twenty eight year old. But yeah. all of the plot lines and all of the, like all the plot lines and a big part of the writing is done by his five year old brother. Mm-hmm. So like wow. his five year old okay. brother plots out this whole thing. He takes the plots and like does minimal writing in it just to make it coherent. Yeah. And then puts it out as a comic. Yeah. <laughs> that's sick. I love that um, so you get lines like and then he died but then he wasn't dead anymore yeah well, it kind of sounds like a line from this movie too honestly in a way kind of yeah I, I don't totally think that, that specifically happens but I could see it yeah uh, yeah I don't. I feel like I've been overly critical of the movie but like I just I, I actually really like the idea of movies playing with the their budget because I think it's a really smart way of being able to create comedy with very little money. Um, mm-hmm. Because con- it's playing with the limitations, and I think a movie like, playing against limitations and using them to its advantage is really cool. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Oh, honestly, I think you can see. Oh. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say because on the other extreme, in some Hollywood movies, you can definitely see. Like when movies have way more money than they would ever need and use it wrong. Yeah, they just use it ridiculously for no reason. Like, uh, I mean, the only example I can th- there's lots of examples, but the only one I can think of right now is the last Twilight movie where they shelled out for the weird baby at the end and it looks awful. Wait, was that a, a CGI baby or something? I think it might have been a mannequin, but either way, I'm sure it wasn't cheap. And okay. that movie had a hell of a budget, I'm sure. I, yeah. I'm going to check this now. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think that actually it's a really fun way of playing against that trope too. Um, mm-hmm. But but, um, but yeah, I just um, I think with with doing that, you you do need to provide limitations on the plot itself. Um, but yeah, on, honestly, like for the casual moviegoer, like obvious, I and like just in general, like this was obviously like a really enjoyable movie. Um, yeah, you shouldn't take it seriously. That's the point. Uh, and like, I, I honestly think like any well, I don't know. I feel like if you're kind of religious, you might find it offensive. I don't know. I've never I'm not religious, so I. Have I mean, but I, I think I think if you're religious and you choose to watch this movie, you know sort oh. of what you're getting into. Like, you yeah. probably aren't going to get actually offended by this movie. Yeah. That's that's um, it's very fair. The only thing I found objectionable or questionable was just I could not discern what denomination the guy belonged to. Was he Catholic? Was he Anglican? I don't even know. I, I don't know because really they never specifically say it. Sorry. Between Catholic and Anglican? Yeah. I mean, if we've got any Anglican listeners or Catholic listeners, they're going to lynch me for this, I'm but very, <laughs> not very... much. Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't think the movie's priority was to discern the. No, definitely not. He was. Um, but yeah, so final um, thoughts? Well, I mean, you said that we that you were overly critical of this movie, but honestly, I think this is... I mean, we are a little bit more critical than the average moviegoer, and this is, I think, going to end up being one of our best-reviewed movies that we've done on this podcast. Yeah, unfortunately, like, you're not wrong. Like, most of the most of the criticism we had for this was about two or three different scenes, and, like, I feel like it was fair but not overly harsh. We mostly just praised this movie for half an hour or however long. Well, now I feel a lot better. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, You're welcome. Been a long but I guess time. on that note, on that note, I would also say this movie's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free. It's just over an hour long. You've got just over an hour in your day. Watch this movie. It's really good. The yeah. loss of Pastor is good. Yeah, and I think it's great to support smaller movies like this. Um, you know, yeah, every, movie, um, every movie maker is trying trying their best. Uh, not everyone gets connection as easily as those in Hollywood do. So, yeah. Yeah, well, Brendan Steer was, uh, he had this movie, he had the idea for this movie in 2010. And just like everything that he's done since 2010 has been either related to this or trying to get this movie off the ground. Really? So, I think, basically... That's yeah, crazy. because in 2010 he was in uh, he was in uh, film school, and his final project was a trailer for this movie, like a short grindhouse trailer for this movie. And then yeah. uh, he would do. And then in 2011 he tried to get this funded on Kickstarter, didn't work out. So he like tried to figure out how to make it work. In 2016 he tried to get it funded on Kickstarter again. Uh, I think he did multiple crowd oh no two two attempts to crowdfund the film mm, and uh, they didn't work and then eventually somehow or another he managed to do it in 2017 and now he's now he's on amazon prime and he's been to film festivals and he has a 70 percent for this movie on rotten tomatoes yeah it's awesome uh and like 
he wants to do more things. So go and support this guy any way you can so that we can get, hopefully not a sequel, something else. I want to see what else this guy can come up with. I just want to see him direct more because yeah. this movie is a really well-directed movie. It doesn't yeah. look like maybe a J.J. Abrams or like uh, a Scorsese movie, but it's really well-directed, uh, especially considering what it's working with. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, it sounds like he's very interested in making a sequel to this. Uh, I really hope he doesn't do that, but um, I don't know, it might be fun. But I, I do think he sounds like a very, like, surprisingly ambitious and creative because it, it actually, yeah. I think, takes an ambitious mind to strive to make a movie like this for so long. So yeah, I, I was, would, I, so I want to, I want to keep, I want to see him do more stuff in this kind of style or just like with whatever he can do. Mm -hmm. But I would also really be interested to see in a couple of years, if this guy has what it takes to break into more mainstream markets, even if it's just like the, underground indie scene but you know not super indie like this movie yeah like i would i would like to see this guy direct a movie that gets a wide release like a real one and just see what he can do with that because i mean he's really good in this market how will he <laughs> how will he work in like i don't know the same kind of movie theaters that would show like the darjeeling limited or the or little miss sunshine obviously that specific thing isn't his isn't his style but like if you give this guy a budget, what can he do? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him. I'll, I'll actually probably be following his career going forward. Hopefully his next movie is just as good as his first. Uh, yeah. Considering that uh, he's probably a director that could actually respond, I might, uh, I might oh. like, tweet, this, tweet this podcast at him and see what he thinks. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so we will... Uh, so now that I've said that live on air, we will uh, let you know if we ever hear back from Brendan Steer. <laughs> or, or we get, like, sued for de defamation of his product or something. Man, if he sued us for defamation, I would probably, I probably would never even think about him ever again. Because we did, we just spent 45 minutes specifically not defaming him. That's true, yeah. Overall, again, <laughs> this was our, if he's listening... This is more, one of our more, more positive episodes, so take that to heart. We're not easy to mm -hmm. please, apparently. Which we do complain a lot. Yes, we're very fussy for some reason, even though we, uh, I think that we just love movies. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, people that love movies enough hate movies. There you go. Just like yeah. Star Wars fans. Yeah. <laughs> I love that saying. Yeah, anyway, um, Lost of Pastor, yeah. definitely a recommend. Um, Absolutely. And a great way to spend the night. And uh, next time we've got, oh, we've got one of any of a number of things. It could be Rush. It could be, it could be uh, Swiss Army Man. Maybe we'll talk about the, the uh, Incredible Hulk. Who knows? Oh, jeez. Dude, don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like Sounds like we. Oh well, I mean, now that you've specifically mentioned that oh. you don't want to see the Incredible Hulk, we might have to do that. Oh great! I think I actually would have a lot to say about the Incredible Hulk. We're not going to yeah. commit to that one as as hard as Need for Speed, but maybe yeah. that might happen. That's fair. We'll find out. <laughs>
All right. And uh, yeah. And of course, uh, stay tuned for at this point, hopefully we're like three or four or five Leo episodes deep. So coming up soon, you're going to see Django Unchained, which comes out in like July, I think that episode does. So I don't know when this one's coming out, but we've got Leo episodes coming out too. Listen to those. Thanks for listening. See you next time.